I'm all about building communities, celebrating unique journeys, and sharing stories about the paths people have taken to enter the tech industry. Join me as we explore the skills my guests have learned in their prior jobs, schooling, or life experiences, and how they apply them to their current roles in tech. In today's episode of We Belong Here, I speak with Cecilia Martinez, who transitioned into tech after a career in journalism and financial services. We speak about all the different lessons she learned and how they translate to her role today as a technical account manager at Cypress. Give a listen. You know, every day a new library comes out or the code base changes or, and you know, and so you have to constantly be used to dealing with a lot of different variables and, um, and roll with it, you know, so that's something that kind of working with the, working with people and then, um, you know, working in that journalism environment really helped me with. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, and this is We Belong Here, lessons from unconventional paths to tech. Cecilia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, let's let's start from the beginning, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. So I started my career in journalism. I was mm. a, uh, yeah, I worked at a newspaper, but I was also did some digital journalism and essentially, you know, did all the, um, you know, going to city council meetings, writing news stories, interviewing people, taking pictures, making videos, uh, all of that, and really enjoyed that, but did it for about three years. And from there, I decided that um, you know, the news industry wasn't exactly um, a great place for long-term growth. The newspaper that I worked at uh, went through a couple different ownership changes. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of looking for a different way to use the skills that I had. And I ended up falling into financial services. I started working mm-hmm. at a TD bank and started off just as a part-time bank teller. Uh, turns out that that pays more than working as a newspaper reporter. Um, <laughs> and so I, and then from there, I kind of I worked my way through that industry, um, started off at TD Bank as a teller, became a financial service representative and got my mm. life and health insurance license, went to TD Ameritrade and got my brokerage licenses so I can oh, cool. um, place, I you know, trade stocks and did retirement portfolios and things like that. Um, nice. And then, yeah, just kind of worked. I did the same thing at Fidelity Investments and worked in that field for about five years altogether and really... Mm. Yeah, uh, so I, I kind of have a mix of backgrounds, but really enjoyed doing both of those things until it came time to to do something else, <laughs> essentially. Okay, well, walk me through that moment. So what, I mean, in coming from the financial services, what then encouraged you to say, you know what, let's switch gears again and learn to code. And then how exactly did you learn it? Yeah. So when I was doing my undergraduate, um, I was, you know, I was starting journalism and I was studying communications really specifically, mm-hmm. and that included uh, some web design. So oh, cool. I, yeah, so I got to learn, I built like a Flash site. This is back in those days, um, <laughs> learn how to build something with Flash, HTML, and CSS, and also did a redesign of our college newspaper website. Uh, so I always kind of had an interest in development, but it seemed like something that you had to, you know, be a computer science major, or have a programming background, or be really good at math and um, those mm-hmm. types of things. So, it was always a hobby that I did on the side. I would make WordPress sites for, you know, friends that were uh, photographers or bands or sm- like things like that, using templates sure. and editing. But uh, nothing that I really kind of did professionally. And it wasn't until I was at I was at Fidelity Investments and. 
I got my MBA there. They had a tuition reimbursement program and I was able to get my MBA, which was a really, really fantastic opportunity. And as Mm -hmm. part of that, I did take some some math classes. So I had to kind of go back and I went to a community college and took uh, some additional math classes in order to be able to do the MBA program. And and that was um, it kind of just gave me a little bit more more confidence in that kind of that those different paradigms and kind of structures and things like that. But but even then, what really honestly encouraged me the most was when I moved to Atlanta. So I moved to Atlanta in late 2017. Okay. And I met somebody who had gone to a boot camp um, okay. here at you know here in Atlanta, and she recommended that I talk to some other people who had gone to boot camps. And so I found Women Who Code Atlanta, which is a local you know it's a Women Who Code is a global organization, and then the Atlanta chapter they have a lot of meetups and events, and they have a Slack channel. And I started talking to some people and just was like, "Hey, what's your experience like? You know, how was it?" And I specifically was like, "I'm worried about my lack of." kind of like math background, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to speak. Mm-hmm. And they were very, very encouraging. I talked to a lot of really awesome, um, you know, women who are just like, nope, you should go for it. Like, make sure that you do this and that. And so, uh, yeah, so in 20, gosh, was it 2019? It was like, it was so long ago. <laughs> uh, so in 2019, um, in April, I did a, a boot camp. I did the Georgia Tech boot camp. It was a three month mm-hmm. full-time program. Yeah. And that's, really how I started my transition. So it was a combination of wanting to kind of like, I always enjoyed making websites. It was one of those things that when you get, like I would look up at the clock and it realized it had been four hours and I was just totally mm-hmm. in the I zone. Feeling. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, man, I really want to chase that feeling. Um, and uh, so that, that combined yeah. with the encouragement of the community uh, really is what kind of pushed me over the edge to try. So it's so cool to hear that you found that community pretty quickly too. And were able to ask questions and, and do so in a safe way. I think that that's really important step in a lot of folks journey. Uh, and sometimes I'm curious, you know, what to ask, what kept you from entering the tech industry before you did. And it sounds as though it was that kind of fear of, well, I think the, that we have to be, someone's going to have to be really good at math to be successful in this industry. And so somewhere, somewhere like along the line, someone put that kind of misconception in our brains because it's not necessary and it's not linked, you know, so innately as we're led to believe. Exactly. I think that's, that's very, that's so true because, you know, and it's funny because even, even knowing that I was already kind of doing it, right. Like I was already making like, like WordPress sites and things like that. Even even with that, I still had that kind of um, misconception in my mind because that's just whatever you see, like, oh, like those must be hackers or like programmers or, you know, you don't Mm -hmm. think of it, which I think is really why it's been interesting to see how like it's become now that there's developers and not necessarily what you think of as, you know, somebody who's going to be doing just uh, like really like kind of like certain types of programming, but mm-hmm. you're, it's really a creative position. Like it's a creative job and a creative thing to do, which I love about that because I'm definitely um, kind of have that creative background of writing and music and different types of things. And so uh, once I kind of thought of it more from that craft perspective, as opposed to just like a kind of like a hard science perspective, it, um, it opened that, it really opened up the opportunity for me a lot. Yeah. I mean, I can vividly remember the moment when I put two and two together that this wasn't the same career as someone hacking and breaking into things online and figuring out passwords. Like 
I, and being like, oh, 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 this is the creation of something and that development of a vision and bringing it through from idea to execution. And it's all about that. It, there, there's just so much more beyond the hacker in the basement. I It was mind blowing because I think we allow ourselves to really pigeonhole that, what the industry even almost. Absolutely. And I'm also like, to be honest, to the detriment too of the companies as well, because Absolutely. if they really just, you know, want somebody who can create a website and create a, an app and that's all they really need. But there's so many people who can do that and, you know, who have the skills mm-hmm. to do that. So mm-hmm. it's, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I try to just preach that as much as I can to people, you know, and that you don't necessarily have to have that background and, um, you know, the skill set that you bring to it can be very versatile too. So. Exactly. Yeah. Well, how did you find your boot camp? Yeah. So I, Start. I, I actually the, the very first exposure I had to the boot camp was a Facebook ad. So kudos to whoever does the marketing at Georgia. <laughs> sure, Tech sure. But I uh, yeah, so I saw that, and then I was also looking into. We have a, quite a few here in Atlanta. Atlanta has yeah. a pretty good tech scene. Um, but like I mentioned, I talked to somebody whose friend went to a boot camp, and I was sh- shocked at how like forthcoming and friendly she was because she. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know this person. It was a friend of a friend. And she was like, oh, yeah, like, let's hop on a call. And so she called me. She talked mm-hmm. to me for like 45 minutes about, you know, do this, do that. Um, a lot of different advice talking. She was like, here's what's really like. This is what you have to do to get a job. And I was just like floored by how much effort um, and insight that she gave me. And so, but I kept finding that happening over and over again. I started talking to other people and they were just, just so like, I think that it is like people just really want to be a part of someone's journey and a part of someone's mm-hmm. success. And sure. that has, I mean, I've just, I guess I've done my best to try and take advantage of that whenever I can, because I got some really good advice about making the most of the time that I was in my boot camp and, you know, what to study on my own that may not be covered mm-hmm. in it um, and things yeah. like that. So those yeah. supplemental pieces are really helpful to kind of have a lookout for. That's, yeah, great advice. So, okay, let's bring us to today. Can you tell me more about what you do at Cypress? Yeah, so I am a technical account manager at Cypress. So I actually do a lot of different things. Uh, so I came, I joined Cypress in January, and I was one of the first hires on our kind of our success team. I started as a success engineer. And essentially what I do is I work with all of our, so maybe I should back up what Cypress is. <laughs> so Cypress sure. is a, um, it's a testing framework. So mm-hmm. to test um, applications, anything that runs in a browser. So uh, websites, web apps, anything that, you know, we, I even have people who use it to test uh, like Chrome extensions and, and things like that, or Chrome apps. And so, nice. um, yeah, it's just like a, it's a web driver and it is a, um, you know, testing tool. And well, so I spend my time talking to people about their test suites, their testing strategies, a lot of education, a lot of troubleshooting, overcoming challenges, uh, which I love because I've always worked with people. So when I was a journalist mm-hmm. and then also in financial services, I've always worked directly with people. And I really like that social aspect of my work. And I'm, I'm a communicator. That's, you know, that's, <laughs> what, that's what I do. And it's also nice because it's always different. You know, every day is a different challenge. People have different test suites, different issues. The other part of what I do, though, too, is I, I get to kind of create, uh, I do like webinars and I, you know, will do kind of different things to help create resources uh, to just help people be successful uh, with Cypress. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's actually been really great opportunity. I get to do a lot of different things. I've learned a lot about web development 
even more so than I was at my that I did at my last job. So my last job, I was actually a junior software developer for a .NET application with Angular JS front end, and nice. so yeah, and so I, I I did a lot. But this position, I see applications written with every single type of you know language mm-hmm. and framework. I see all different types of architectures. Uh, so I've I've learned a lot about the browser and you know how it connects to the different APIs and a lot about uh, DevOps and automation. So it's really been like a really great opportunity because I get exposed to so many different types of code bases every single day. So right, yeah, I love the exposure it. to all those different languages is priceless because sure, your other role, you know, you're really diving deep into Angular and getting very specific on that, and it's definitely a skill to have a specialty, right? But mm-hmm. it sounds like you, I love the piece that it's never boring and it's always interesting, always challenging, always something new to learn. It's just the best way to not plateau. Uh, and I think that that is like an important thing to look for in a role. Uh, you just spoke to it. I would love to hear how you, your past um, in journalism and financial services ha- help you today as a technical account manager. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the things that I've, I've kind of, founder I was surprised about is um, how much value, like just from the fact that just kind of having those people skills and having those communication skills, how right. how far that goes uh, in the tech industry. Um, I thought I was really thinking that that maybe wouldn't translate as much as I thought it would, but it really has. So if you think about it, you know, you're working on a team, you're working with customers, or and even if you're not working with customers, if you're a developer, you still have to do a lot of writing, a lot of communication, documentation, Absolutely. Um, yeah, like making sure that you are uh, people are on the same page about what expectations are, deadlines, you know, what we're doing with this feature, all that stuff. Yeah. And so, I would say absolutely, my writing skills and my communication skills have has transferred a lot and have been a huge help. And so, uh, I tell people that you know, don't discount what you've done in the past. That is because I, in my mind, I was like, well, you know, I'm I'm only going to have. I'm going to have zero experience. I'm going to be brand new. And, you know, but I'm not, I really, I, I don't, I have like project management experience. I have communication mm-hmm. experience. I have experience giving kind of consultative advice to people, you know, cause I did that with por- retirement portfolios. Now I'm doing it with test suites, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of the types of skills like that do transfer. I think also a lot about just um, having to learn a lot very quickly and having to keep track of things that are always changing. Hello, We Belong Here listeners. Today's episode is sponsored by the new We Belong Here Discord community. I recently have been thinking about ways to continue the conversation with guests after each episode, to foster our community, share resources, and stay connected to both the guests and listeners. And I'm excited because we've created a We Belong Here Discord server. What is Discord, you might be asking? Well, it's a voice, video, and text communication service to talk and hang out with your friends and communities. I know, neat, right? It will be a place for us to connect, share resources, mentor, and build community together. Everyone is welcome, and it promises to be an incredibly inclusive space. It's important to me that everyone has an inclusive community where everyone feels welcome and supported. And this could be yours. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in joining, please do. The link to join is bit.ly slash we belong discord. That's bit.ly forward slash we belong discord, D-I-S-C-O-R-D. Or 
Find a link in my bio on Twitter or Instagram at Lolo Coding. I'm super excited to see you there. Yeah, because if you think about being a, a journalist or being a reporter, I would kind of, you know, get a lead or get a tip or some or a press release would come out. And I remember when I was an intern at um, the news, a news, different newspaper when I was in college, and they were like, okay, like the New York State announced a new train line. So we need, we need you to write 600 words on trains. And I was like, okay, um, I guess, I guess I'm doing that. And so you have to basically right. research, okay, like what is, what is the New York state rail system? Like, what does it do? Who, who, who do I talk to? And so you yeah. have to really be able to find your own resources and teach yourself things. And that translates considerably to programming oh, where, absolutely. you know, every day a new library comes out or the code base changes or, and, you know, and so you have to constantly be used to dealing with a lot of different variables and, um, and roll with it, you know, so that's something that kind of working with, with working with people and then, um, you know, working in that journalism environment really helped me with. I can, I, I, I wear a lot of hats, <laughs> which yeah. I, yeah, I, and I feel well with chaos, you know, so. I love it. Yeah. It sounds like it gave you good practice and getting comfortable in the uncomfortable and, and, and exactly what you're saying. I mean, this is a hundred percent why I started this podcast in the first place, because when I was making the transition into tech, I was really curious to hear how other folks were framing their narrative of, you know, you have these other life experiences. How do you help companies who may not be super yet progressive on that train of hiring folks not out you know outside of a CS degree how do you help them understand that you know being an English teacher for 10 years is an asset and not a detriment and that it's bringing something you know unique and and different to the table and so I've been so you know excited to hear how people really have nailed that that arc and that storyline almost to help companies understand that too. It's like, we're doing that education for them in a way. Absolutely. Like, hey, hey, we're really going to, you know, diversify your team and just help tackle problem solving in a really new way, which you're going to benefit from. And so that piece is just, uh, it's, it's been fascinating to me. Yeah. It's interesting because, um, and I, I feel bad because it's almost like you have to market yourself. Really, I mean, you do, you have to market yourself. Yes, but the thing absolutely. is, is it's, it's kind of unfair because some people are good at that and some people aren't. Right. And so right. you can be a great developer, but if you're not good at marketing yourself, then you may not get the same opportunities. And mm -hmm. I, whereas yeah. for me, I have a communications background and I have an MBA in marketing. Like marketing, if anybody right. can market <laughs> themselves, it's probably going to be me. You know, I'm on a podcast right now. Right. So, um, totally. so I, yeah, so I think that's kind of why I, so I wrote a blog post a while back kind of uh like the how to like a real like a process for how i broke down what how i developed essentially my story to tell people when i'm mm, networking perfect. and it was like, yeah. like you know why do you want to do what you want to do because that's like you know like it's like people don't care about what you do they care about why you do it you probably heard that yep. before yeah. So really honing in on that and having it be like a real breakdown of step by step because for some people that comes naturally like i just can I can talk about myself. I know how to do that. I've been doing it for years. But if you're somebody who does not have that skill set, then you kind of need to find how you are going to be able to sell that story or how you're going to be able to set yourself apart. It may not be Twitter. It may not be going on podcasts, but it may be um, you know, contributing to open source and having really great projects. Or it may be that you just do a lot of volunteer work and you know, you're able to demonstrate your passion that way. So it's, um, but you kind of have to know 
why you want to do this in the first place and then let everything drive from there because that passion will come through if it's really like genuine. So it's, um, yeah, and it's definitely a skill to be learned too. If you don't have it, it's not as though, oh, absolutely. You never can. And so, yeah, it's a great tip to spend some time thinking about that. I've given a talk before. Uh, and the art of an elevator pitch and things like just sitting down and thinking about, you know, what are the four sentences I want to say to summarize who I am, what I want, where I'm going, just, just spending that metacognitive time is absolutely worth your while. Uh, Definitely. So, yeah. Thank you for saying that. Uh, can you share any life lessons that you've learned from your transition to tech? Yeah. So uh, definitely. <laughs> I, I've always been, yeah. So I guess like working in I, I loved working in journalism. That's totally different. But then when I was working in finance, I was there for about five years and it's definitely a more conservative industry. So True. yeah, it's, um, so I definitely like kind of learned some habits <laughs> around, you know, not speaking up about things or kind of like just rolling mm. with things that maybe you shouldn't and, um, not really like necessarily always being your authentic self. Um, so I, mm. you know, I, I volunteer with women who code. I am also a Latina. And I am also queer. I am, you know, I'm with the out in tech Atlanta to support LGBTQIA people in tech. And so being not myself and then also kind of be just like not speaking up uh, when I had ideas or pushing for things more was something that I learned, I think, kind of in that conservative industry. And now that I'm in tech and people are like, you know, we want to hear your ideas. Like, please speak <laughs> yeah. up more. Like, this is why, right. this is why you're here. Uh, that's definitely take like that's that's been a learning curve. I have been very very lucky that I've had some really great like managers at my first job right out of my boot camp. I asked my manager probably every single week like, "Are you sure I'm not going too slow? Are you sure I'm doing okay?" And he was very like supportive about being like, "Yep, no, you're doing fine. You're doing fine." And so um, yeah, I think just kind of you know you develop those kind of learned. Um, habits that aren't necessarily always the best, just be, depending on what industry you come from. I find too people like from like from, you know, just if you've had been in any kind of like toxic work environment in the past, right, you tend mm-hmm. to be more susceptible to things like imposter syndrome and um, anxiety about how you're like, how your work is performing. And then when you're coming into a new industry, that's going to be, like, you know, just even more so it's going to be am- amplified. So I would say, for me, having champions and having mm-hmm. a really strong support system was was huge, because totally. I, like I said, I would go to my manager, and he would reassure me, or I would you know, go to women who code and post in the Slack channel and be like, oh my gosh, like what, like, I'm freaking out. And so having people who are, can remind you like, no, like you're great. Like you're here for a reason. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, that was really critical for me, especially early on, like right when I was first starting, because there is a little bit of a, that's, that's just, everybody goes through that. And I think that's a very human mm-hmm. thing. And you don't have to feel bad about that. It doesn't mean that it's not wrong to feel that way. It's just something that you have to just kind of overcome and get used to. And, you know, people who've been in this industry for 30 years tell me that they still experience that. So yeah, so I would say having a really strong support system to kind of outweigh that voice in your head. And then also, you know, taking taking that kind of message with for, at face value. If somebody says, we do want you to speak up, like we do value your opinion, Absolutely, like yeah. believe them. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. But it is hard when you've been trained. That it's funny you speak to that concept of unlearning something. Mm-hmm. Someone just recently asked me that. I was like, wow, that's a great question. They were like, what have you had to unlearn recently? Oh, I was like, great. yeah, I mean, I, you, I was taught to, I was a teacher. I was the expert. I knew I was the keeper of knowledge in my classroom, in my space. And so this in tech, it's, I have to suddenly 
become comfortable not knowing anything or, or knowing a very little bit of thing, but almost being excited about how little I know, because that means there's so much more to learn mm-hmm. and finding fuel in that and not being embarrassed uh, if someone discovered, you know, that I didn't know that acronym or (laughs) jargon that someone's using. And I think that's such a great point too, because um, when you're a career switcher, so if you're like me, somebody or like, you know, yourself, somebody who's been in Mm -hmm. and been successful in a different field where, you know, like I got to the point, I'd been in my career for five years in financial services. I had all my licenses. I really, you know, considered myself, but kind of one of the go-to people to answer questions about that stuff. And all of a sudden I went from being like, and I, ha- and I also yeah. take a lot, put a lot of pride into my career and to my work. And so yeah. having to suddenly be like the junior person who doesn't know anything, uh, it can really affect how you view yourself, honestly. Like if you put a lot of stock in how you perform as a, in like in your career as an employee, like that can mm-hmm. kind of mess with your head a lot. So like you said, kind of learning how to be uncomfortable, how to say, it's okay that I don't know this um, and just be uh, just kind of just be aware of that. And that's okay. I think that it's a transition. It's definitely a trend. And I actually, I, I think people who have teaching experience make excellent, excellent developers, engineers, like everything. Um, my mom, uh, actually my entire family, both my mom, both my grandmothers, I have um, an, an aunt and then an uncle who are all educators. And there's something oh, about that. that. Yeah. It's just something about wanting to, um, you have to, number one, you have to be able to explain things in a certain mm-hmm. way to, to anybody. Right. So it's not it's it's one thing to know something yourself, but to be able to teach it to somebody else, you have to yeah, really understand consumable pieces. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. 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 And so I feel like teachers are, you know, they're very encouraging. They're used to having to support people who are in the process of doing something difficult. Uh, these are all like amazing skills that transfer super well um, into development to, and to the tech industry in general. So <laughs> Can you tell me about a time that you felt like an outsider and maybe how you've dealt with those feelings? Yeah, absolutely. So I've honestly, I felt like an outsider my entire career. So I don't think that it's necessarily that, that different in tech. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm female, I'm Latina, I'm, I'm queer, I'm, I'm big and loud and I've got crazy hair and all this kind of stuff. So um, I think it's something <laughs> that, you just kind of have to like I don't I don't know if it's how this is for other people, but I kind of realized early on like I I was born in South Texas, so I was surrounded by a lot of people who looked like me. But then I moved to Michigan when I was ten, um, and then was not oh, yeah. <laughs> surrounded by people at all who looked like me. Yeah. So I think that's something that I kind of learned early on, which I think like you know talking about code switching, you talk about kind of uh, chameleoning into different mm, <laughs> types of groups and stuff. Sure. So I think that's something that makes it a little bit easier for me to do that in my career now because I've done it mm-hmm. before. But yeah, I would absolutely. I think part of it, like I said, is finding your people. For me, that's been huge. Like, you know, just finding the people where you're not the weird one. Like you're not, you're not the outsider where you can right, go and like say, yes. like, I'm home. <laughs> these are my friends. Like these are the people absolutely. like me. And um, just like that has been my oasis, so to speak, mm. definitely. Yeah, I think that that's a great, great piece of advice. And I think um, we'll be sure to include, you know, the blog posts that you mentioned, but also communities that you're speaking about in the show notes so that folks that are listening and are feeling alone or maybe are wanting something like this that you're speaking to, you know, have a place to get started. And yeah, that I, I it's having a, a space to 
go, even if it's a Slack group, just to say, I'm feeling this wild amount of imposter syndrome or I'm up for promotion and everyone, my manager, my, you know, team, they all are supporting me getting it, but I don't believe in myself to get it, you know, stuff like that. Just to say, I am questioning this and then to have other folks to, you know, as you say, you know, give you data points of why your imposter syndrome is winning and it is wrong at this exact moment and that you do deserve it. Or, you know, just to be like, yeah, been there, feel that. I think it is a healthy thing to be able to like share it out into the world and then have a community bring you up and champion you and remind you that absolutely we all do belong here and uh, we're making the industry better for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing too is to um to like document and keep track of your wins. Mm. Like that yes. is so huge. For, like anytime I would get a nice email from a customer or like anything, it could be it mm-hmm. could even just it could be anything. I put it in a doc and then when I'm having a hard day, I read that and I remind myself like, okay, even if even if there's nobody else that I can talk to right now, I can prove to myself, yes, like I I did this work. Like people in the past have said good things about me because our brains are hardwired <laughs> to focus on the negative, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You get a hundred positive pieces of feedback and the one negative, it's the one that speaks to you. I, I really hope that that doc is called like Cecilia succeeds or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I think it's called, <laughs> I, I call it wins. I think I'm pretty sure I call it wins. wins. Yeah. Okay. I'm I love um, it. And the other thing too, is as you develop in your career and you kind of have a little bit more, um, just like leverage or clout or however you want to call it, you know, you should Mm -hmm. hold companies accountable or, you know, hold your employers accountable as Mm -hmm. well, because that was something when we started with, um, without in tech Atlanta, which, uh, we started in November, um, yeah, October, October of of 2019, which, you know, we haven't Mm -hmm. really had anything this year because of the pandemic (laughs) and everything, but, um, a lot of companies wanted to host and sponsor our events and we had to be very, kind of like make a decision that we really only wanted to work with companies that had demonstrated that they were an ally to the community. Like, you Mm, know, they have an ERG or something or some kind of way to support their employees because, you know, people, if people want access to our members from a recruiting standpoint, we want them to feel safe and knowing that, yeah, like, you know, this, like we're going to host an event at this company and they, they may, you know, they may have be hiring and, yes, like we can show that they are an ally, they do this for their employees um, and things like that. So I think that that's something that as you continue to develop in your career, you can say, you know, is this company somebody who aligns with my values? And Mm -hmm. if not, then, you know, don't, you know, you can kind of choose for yourself. And obviously everybody's situation is different, but you know, interview right back. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 take some time to decide and know what it is you're looking for. So you can ask those questions in every interview you have and really get a feel, you know, authentically for that <laughs> potential new employer because it matters. It does. Uh, okay. So any, any final advice you um, might have or want to share for those who are transitioning into tech? Yeah, I would say, uh, like I said earlier, take advantage of people who want to help. It can definitely feel like you're being a nuisance or I don't want to bug people. But no, honestly, like no. I love when people message me and ask me questions. And if I'm, if I, even if I'm busy and I can't get to it, then I try to mm-hmm. get to it later. But because people really do want to be a part of your success and part of your journey and they want to, and they want to see you succeed. So let them, let them help you with that. So. I love that. I love that. Well, please make your shout out. What would you like listeners to go check out? Yeah. So I'm, like I mentioned before, I volunteer with Women Who Code and then also with Out in Tech. I definitely recommend checking out both of those organizations, uh, womenwhocode.com and outintech.com. 
perfect. I will include all of those links in the show notes, but where can people find you online? Yeah. So I'm Cecilia Creates. So my first name, it's C-E-C-E-L-I-A. I spell it kind of weird, but <laughs> CeciliaCreates.com. And then also Cecilia Creates on Twitter and GitHub. And Twitch, right? Oh yeah. And Twitch. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Of course. 2020 was my year of diving into Twitch and I saw that you do as well. And so I was excited to check that out. Yeah. Uh, But yes, I will include all of those links as well in the show notes. And Cecilia, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your journey uh, with the listeners. I so, so appreciate you. Yeah, this is is great. Thank you so much for doing this. Of course. I'll talk to you soon. Great. Bye. And that's a wrap on today's episode. I'm Lauren Lee. Thank you for listening to We Belong Here. If you have any questions about this or any other episode, find me on Twitter at Lolo Coding. That's L-O-L-O-C-O-D-I-N-G. Shoot me an email or leave a comment on the We Belong Here website. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please subscribe and review the show on your podcast player of choice. And be sure to check us out next week for another story and lessons learned from an unconventional path to tech.